0: are you ready? Whoa. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast presented by AGS Grading. AGS is the first grading company with an AI grading system. No more leaving it up to chance if the grader is in a bad mood that day. Fast turnaround and the best prices in the United States of fucking America. There is no better place to have your Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! or sports cards graded. I will be revealing the grading of my personal collection with them as well. So check them out now at agscard.com. Yes, you heard that right. I am now working with AGS grading. My buddy over there had uh, hooked me up and I'm super stoked. I have been wanting to get my collection graded for a while. So this sounds like a really fun way to do it. And uh, honestly, I trust robots more than humans. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be sick. Can't fucking wait. Okay. Fit for a King is out on tour with I prevail pierce the veil and yours truly. If you want tickets, good fucking luck. There are like eight shows that aren't sold out. The resales are getting kind of crazy. It, the whole thing is bonkers, to be honest. Like, it's not not because of us. It's because of them. And it's pretty fucking cool. Um, like I said, there are eight shows that aren't sold out. The resales are ranging from like 100 to like 300, which is fucking crazy. But um, any way that we can help out, please let me know, too. Um, but hope you guys can come see a show because let me tell you, it's incredible like i prevail is just absolutely mind-blowing seeing pierce for the first time in five years has been insane so really really lucky loving it yours truly are the sweetest we love it so come hang out the gloom in the corner also has a new song out called new order featuring taylor of left to suffer it's a fucking ripper go pre-order their album now on sharp tone records And uh, it's coming out on October 28th, the same day that our record is coming out. And we, in Fit for the Kings, have a new song called Falling Through the Sky that is out. If you haven't watched the video, go do it. It is my favorite Fit song yet, I think. Um, It just is really nice to hear the way that Kirby has been able to express himself on this album. And I think that you guys are all going to really enjoy it. But um, this week on the show, we have my friend, my keeper, my guitar tech, Jonathan Rechsteiner john has been with us since the august Prince red tour so since we came back from the COVID times and honestly i don't know what the fuck i would do without him he is the kindest hardest working dude and um just really like makes every day better for all of us like him and brian have such a great working relationship it's really helped us to become a better band in my opinion and to enjoy ourselves on the road more um John has a great story of how he came into touring and teching. And I'm not going to spoil too much, but this is a really great episode for people who want to find themselves on the road. And, you know, first and foremost, just hear it from a guy who is the hardest working dude every day. And uh no one ever leaves being like, wow, that guy sucked. Every day, every time, every tour, everyone leaves loving John because he just sets such a great example for what it's to. How to be like a kind person? How to be a loving person? And how to go out and kick ass every day? So here we go. My chat with John from Our Vices, Tech of Intervals, and Fit for a King. Oh
2: you yo, baby, oh baby, John. <laughs>
3: was that pretty good that was an amazing intro
0: thank you thank you man i'm pretty excited i think it was the best one i've got wait did you get a tattoo on your wrist is that new did you have that yeah. last time i was with you that is new that's sick so. a big band i like it very sexual thank very you. very sexual yeah wow my beautiful john the most handsome member of the crew you're here Well, I mean like the whole our whole gang you know wow what a guy uh how are you today bud pretty good I'm uh I got home from tour last Friday
3: and I'm trying to not work while I'm home anymore to see if I can actually do that just uh on
0: relax you're a fucking psycho I I saw you post, like, hey, I'm home, like, let me know if you want me to set up your guitars and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, relax. You're fine. Just.
3: (laughs) I got to stay nimble, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, you know, you're always going and you're always getting better at your craft, which is part of why we have you here today on the Get Fucked podcast. Um, But, yeah, I, uh. How was the four-year strong Newfound Glory tour? Um,
3: it was a tour. It's definitely one of those ones. You guys I, played
0: monster-sized venues, like you guys did, like Pier Seventeen in New York and shit, which is crazy. Yeah, the um, the shows themselves were, you know, phenomenal all
3: around, all around. I think at least seventy-five percent of them sold out. Um, oh, that's awesome! But it was just a lot of logistical problems like the bandwagon the first night uh, because the driver brought it from Indiana to Cleveland which was the first show on the second leg and um, so we didn't know the state of the wagon we just hop on you know like a band does and we go to leave that night and it's like like a heavy duty dirt bike sound just like "Mm -mm 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 -mm." yeah. Pretty much like that. There you go. Yep. Time times ten in a diesel truck. So if people like, didn't know, I'm a dirt bike, by the way. Um, but <laughs> but uh, so it was like deafening loud. Um, so we we were like, oh, something's wrong. We need to stop and figure this out. So we luckily stopped ten minutes down the road. Uh, TM made some quick decisions to have the bus ride with Newfound so they could make it to the show, and then. Finally got a hold of bandwagon, they said, Yeah, that sounds really bad, don't drive it. So we had to get a U Haul, transfer over all the gear into the U Haul truck, and then I drove seven and a half hours from Cleveland, Milwaukee, to make the next show happen. Turns out whatever was wrong with the wagon wasn't fixable, so then I spent three weeks on the tour sleeping with earplugs in because the bus was just so deafening loud every day. So Fucking yeah. Hell. Normal tour aspects, you know. Uh working hard working late all that stuff on top of it you got terrible sleep every single night it was a uh, pretty brutal but-
0: yeah i think loud noise is about as uh rough as um no ac where it's yep. just like regardless super fucking difficult to sleep and um man that sounds really challenging that is not yep. fun i'm sorry to hear that um yeah, I uh, think with promote. how many people are touring right now, um, it's so hard to keep up on maintenance on... Even just getting rentals on bandwagons, buses, and stuff like that, let alone like keeping everything tip-top because yeah. everyone in their fucking mom is on the road. Which you know very well, because they call you every week and ask you to fucking work. And then I'm like, hey, go fuck yourself. I'm going to fucking kill you and stab you in the fucking face if you take my John. But they... I haven't, I haven't got murdered yet. A while, so. <laughs> That's good. It's because you're booked up. Um, I think it is gradually starting to pace itself a little bit better. Um, but I am excited to like get everyone to kind of hear your story on how you got into touring and how you <laughs> got into teching because you are also a musician. You yeah. make this kind of music, you're surrounded by these kind of people. And the um, last person I interviewed was Sarah Hollick. And Sarah Mm -hmm. had a similar thing to you where not only do you have a skill to offer, but right place, right time, right people where, um, for you, we, uh, you know, I guess your, your intro to getting out here, uh, was I see stars. Um, for those that are listening, you live with one of the members of the band and even before then had you just known them in the area were you already friends with them before the band took off how was your relationship with them built um so
3: my band our vices we got started way back in 2013 i'm from grand blank originally which is up by the flint area it's about an hour from detroit so we're just doing our thing up there you know and then we are like, hey, we should probably play some shows out of the area. So we come down to Pontiac, play a show at the Crowfoot, and our good friend Conrad, this was like uh, 2015, I think, our, our friend Conrad came up to my band after the show because we opened up for IC Stars just on a whim through the promoter there. And uh, he came up to us after the show, and he was like... "Do you guys sell tickets or did you not sell tickets? Um... I think they gave us like 20, but it was going to sell out anyways. So that's tight. Yeah.
0: You're uh, um, saying, sorry,
3: but yeah, so we finished the show and he came up to us afterwards and he was like, Oh, you guys are from here. I totally thought you were on the tour. You were super pro really good. I want to get to know you. Um, so then we built a relationship with our friend Conrad. He introduced me to the band and so on and so forth. So, From time to time, I would come down and, you know, hang out and do whatever. And then I got hired at St. Andrews, and that's when it really started snowballing because when you're working at a music venue, you're seeing people in the industry every single day. And so uh, a time came where they needed a tech to try out a tour, and Conrad was like, hey, I know you fix guitars here and there on your own in your free time. Do you want to give this a shot? And I was just like sure let's try it out and um so it's essentially a uh what do you call it just like a risk
0: that the band was taking you just kind of fell into it a little bit you know risk taken on them risk taken on you um where like you guys both were just like trying to give it a shot but you know the first thing that comes with that is having someone that recognizes like hey you're good at this in general Do you think you would like to do this? And it definitely has helped you to, you know, not only get better at your craft, but to expand your network, which is really helpful when you are also trying to like, um, make it like as a musician as well. Um, which for everyone listening, John is also the riff Lord of a band called our vices that you need to go and listen to because their metal core is fuck. Um, but uh, they also, I, your vocalist has like a very enjoyable metalcore voice. It just kind of it's very it's like yeah. easy listening metalcore, my favorite kind of metalcore. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a really interesting. So when you started working at St. Andrews, um, did you were you just doing load ins and load downs at first? Like what what was your deal over there? Uh, I was doing security actually, so I was still
3: living up in Grand Blanc driving an hour back and forth every day to tell people not to smoke inside and make sure they have their drinking wristbands on and um, a lot of that stuff. And then they, they realized I was, you know, bigger, stronger, and more mobile than most people. So
0: they put me in the barricade and I was catching crowd surfers. Which, which you are not. tremendous at. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You've, you've a saved, saved a lot of people. Um <laughs> You've saved many, many people, um, which it is fun. I got a good one on the Australian run where I was standing in the back, um, like watching the show and I saw it like really start to get crazy. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure people are about to die. And like ran up yeah. and got a couple really good bodies. It was nice, um, which it's a good workout I guess mid set, but you get enough of that with the load ins and the load outs and all the gear and shit like that. Um yeah. So you're working at St. Andrews. You uh yep. get upgraded to doing, you know, pass security coming up to the front gate. Now you're starting to like interact with the bands more and stuff like that or like how like <clears throat> Did you ever start working anything like um stage managing or stuff like that at, at uh, St. Andrews or any of the other venues? Um,
3: not really stage I managing. I for some but... reason
0: you were. Uh, or maybe that's now when you're home or some shit. But
3: Well, yeah, there was a, a period in time because uh, I think I worked there for like four, four and a half years. Towards the end of it, I uh, became a production assistant for a little while. And then, unfortunately, they needed somebody that doesn't tour in that position so yeah. I had to I had to go back
0: to doing loading
3: stuff but um the way I really
0: that got, was it you were the PA I was yeah, like yeah. I was curious yeah no that's cool which well, sounds like was, a much more fun job when you're at the venue just like yeah. getting to it, people want and hanging out uh, yeah that's pretty tight what were you saying
3: on yeah, the, the load-ins for because it's Detroit you know got to have security at all times Um, for the load ins there was a a security person who would be there the whole time. And you're essentially watching every single person, every single thing of gear that comes in through the door. So I was there, from you know, 11 AM to midnight watching the whole thing happen. And I really, I, I soaked it all in and learned everything I could from what other people did. And when they didn't do things correctly, I learned from that as well. And I don't know if I've ever actually made a connection with someone on one of those load-ins that's benefited me currently, like, you know, point A to point B. But just being around so many different people and so many different genres all the time really helped me hone in what uh, I'm I'm trying to do
0: on both sides of it. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, kind of ties into like dating back to the old conversation of Trey and I with the whole quote unquote, getting it kind of thing. And, um, which isn't meant to be like gatekeepy, but rather insightful. And you, it's from the sounds of it, just from the moments you are allowed to be around able to interact with people able to like, not only learn and gain in your skill, but gain socially, And kind of learn how to interact properly with within the bubble, if you will. Um, and a lot of people, it's hard for them to, um, maybe either, maybe feel comfortable or comfortable enough to like absorb that and utilize it rather than just like, you know, keep it hanging on their back and, you know, getting kind of fangirly or something. Right. Right. Where, (sighs) there are times where definitely I'd say now I'm more of a fangirl than anything, but uh, (laughs) I had a long time where I tried not to be, you know, just to play it cool and, you know, get in, but that also isn't like a conceited um, playing it cool type thing where you're so cool to that people don't want you to be around. It's just a matter of normalcy, I guess. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so combining that with, you know, with the work ethic of having to do load ins and load outs, which for people that don't know, man, I've had some of the craziest load outs ever at that venue in particular, because like you can have during a show, like a foot of snow falls. Yeah. And, and you got- one way in and one way out. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, loading from the bottom room, like if you were playing in the basement that day, um, mom's spaghetti, and then, you know, having to get it out. That shit. That was a bitch. But some of my fondest memories as well, where I had, like, so much fun having a snowball fight with Bobby in the back and loading and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Um, So... You're able to meet Icy Stars who happen to be like in the same state as you, which kind of ties into like how I was talking about with Sarah. You know, not only does she have a skill, she happened to be around the Currents guys, befriends Brian. Brian ends up joining Currents. That eventually provides her an opportunity to like get in. So you meet Icy Stars. You're able to go and like try out the tour for them. What tour was this that you went on with the band? Uh, Funny enough, this was
3: the... It was Dance Gavin Dance was headlining. Uh I see Stars was direct. Arrow was two oh four and then CN Bar, which is like a Will Swan yeah, yeah. super group thing.
0: They were the openers. Yeah, it's like Circus uh, Survive, but not Circus Survive.
2: Yeah. That's that is it. actually
0: how I met the Era guys too and I got
3: I became really good friends with them really, really fast on that one. Um, was
0: Trevor on that tour as well? Yes. And that's how that's I met sick. Trevor. He was on yes. our bus. For everyone listening, Trevor is our merch guy, photo guy. Well, I guess now really just doing photo video. Um, rarely yeah. does merch for us anymore unless it's like international. But that's sick. Um that's a really big tour for your first tour. Yeah. Um The first show I ever did on the road was
3: San Antonio outside for like twenty five hundred kids. And I was like, uh Okay.
0: Now, were you doing for them the same, like load in, load out, setting everything up yourself, like checking everything, making sure it's all mint, ready to go? Or did you have help from the band with that?
3: Uh, Dakota, the drummer, he helped with his stuff, you know? Um, Yeah. But other than that, it was pretty much me. I did the lighting stuff and the guitar stuff their guitar stuff is a little less involved than I'm used to. So I had free time there, but it was still, <laughs> still a bit going on and we were sharing some of the lights with DGD. So I had to like, make sure they were good for them as well.
2: But uh, Fuck.
3: It, yeah, I like uh, in my older age now, it's a little more stressful, but generally I, I like the just being thrown into it kind of situations I and mean, be like,
0: well, it forces you, you to learn for sure. Um, yeah. But I will say that would be tough for a lot of people to be able to handle that much pressure at once, but also going with that, you have to have a lot of knowledge where say, you know, if I see stars well, they're having you help with setting up lights. Okay. That's one piece of, you know, information you have to have in your brain that you may or may not have. And if you don't, you better pick it up quick. Yeah. Then when you're talking about guitar stuff, even if it's simple, it's probably still digital. Knowing your ins and outs, knowing what you're using. Is it XFX? Is it Kemper? How do you turn it on? How do you use it? How do you make sure it's working properly? Is our MIDI switching working today? Is our channel switching working today? You know, a lot of this stuff adds up. And sure, you make it look easy. Like you're able to just like, oh, I plug everything in and I bop through it. It's so fast for me. Um, But it takes a long time to be a pro like that. Where I recall one of the tours when you first started you know working for us which um it makes me feel like such a simpleton because you talked about i forget the name of the band it was i think it was the contortionist yeah and they had like 17 guitars or something on on the tour that you had to Uh, regularly upkeep every day and like make sure they're in tune and stuff yeah on the day-to-day it was
3: uh six electrics per guy and acoustics so 14 guitars and then four basses. And then I was also working for intervals on the same tour. So two guitars per guy for those three guys, just a few, just a few
0: guitars. To so work that's like I don't, 25 to 30 guitars per day. Yeah. Making sure they're all functioning and also being able to remember like what's what and who's who and, yeah. Making sure it's all proper. That's psychotic. People yeah. are gonna listen to this episode and be like, There's no way I wanna do what this guy does. It sounds <laughs> awful. Um no, it like it's just crazy how much you're able to manage, which now I mean, like with us it's I doubt it's that bad with four year strong either. You know, they probably no, don't have I- that many guitars. We don't have that many guitars. I have two. I just, break- by the way, my new one. <laughs> did I send you the picture of what I did to the headstock already the new one? No. I took a chunk out of it by accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, fine, you know, but, like, on the back of it, I, like, took, like, shaved a part of it off against a uh, ceiling by accident. So, we're going to have to right. sand that down um, right. when I see you and make it look smoother. But from the front, you can't tell that there's anything wrong and it doesn't affect tuning it. Right. Yeah, that lasted six shows without damage. Nice. Such a stupid piece of shit. Um, I getting did a you couple of too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hit the ceiling, but. That's good. Yeah. But even, like, when I hit the ceiling or do something with my guitars, I'm still, like, 99 for 100. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not really that bad. Like, when people are like, oh, man, you've, like, thrown your guitars. I'm like, yeah, but I've thrown my guitar, like, sir, done the spinny thing, like, 10,000 times, and it's thro- been thrown across the room. Like, yeah. three? Yeah. So it's it's bound to happen. Yeah, dude. When I... um. Yeah, I was uh, sending back um, the Kiesel, um I shouldn't say this on the air. Maybe I, <laughs> I'm going to write this down. Yeah, when I was sending back the um, Kiesel, the gray one that I played the most. Mm-hmm. That thing was beaten to fucking shit, dude. You could not put a screw in there anymore. There's yeah. no way. There's It's all dug out of that horn it's crazy um but um yeah we should uh i'm excited too for getting those those thick daddies in the music man like i was telling you about i did it with my buddy here in jersey city because um, my friend brian from the band degrader is also an awesome guitar tech who's in the area and uh usually takes care of things for me here which is yeah. pretty nice to have so when you're home, like I, I noted it before where you do tend to service people's instruments in the area. Um, are you still doing that uh, as much as like, you know, you said you're trying to do it less, but has that helped you to kind of like meet some people in the area as well? Um, I know you work yeah. for uh, Lee occasionally as well, right? Who records your band. Yeah, I've gone out to him a couple times. Um, I haven't in a while now because
3: my car is, you know, on its last legs and he lives two and a half hours away. So it's a bit of a drive, but, um, yeah, there, there's been a lot of people, whether it's just finding me on Instagram or my band plays with their bands and they find out what I do. Um, and I've kind of made my, the back room in my house, my little workstation and people drop them off. And generally it's just, you know, setups, um, and the people tend to come to me for this type of genre stuff because they're showing up with drop, you know, F, massive strings, super long scales. And a lot of the people that are at these regular guitar shops or even guitar center, they're like, I've never heard of this tuning before. I don't think I can do that. So then they bring it to me and I'm like the the drop tune multi-scale kid
0: but yeah you really can't just like go to a guitar center anymore and have your stuff set up for for tunings like that i mean let alone getting the strings from there for tunings like that is also just as difficult i think you know usually you can find like mammoth slinkies which like go to a 72 and are like a six or seven pack and very useful but you know it's difficult in general to get like the heavy end with you know a standard production um how did you learn all this stuff? Is it YouTube? You know, is it just uh, practice and, you know, let it, how'd you do it?
3: I'd say a few key things were YouTube, like trust route adjustments. That's not just a, oh, let's try this out kind of thing. Um, but the, the basics of how to set up the instrument as well as possible. I learned from working on my own guitars. I got my first guitar when I was in seventh grade. And uh, I just, you know, at some point you got to change the strings. So it fascinated me how to put them on there, wind the, the things around the tuners a different way. And after a while of, you know, playing it for five, six hours a day, you really notice more and more details about what you should and shouldn't be doing. So I'd say the majority of it was messing around on my own instruments, seeing what I like to, you know, feel in my hands and comparing that with other people. Uh, the bass player in my band, Colin, he's, he, he started on guitar before bass as well. And he is, in my opinion, as good, if not better player than me. And so I really over the years took his opinion on, Oh, does this feel good? Should we do this? Well, blah, blah, blah. uh, yeah it was a lot of messing around on my own a few youtube videos here and there to make sure i was doing things correctly and not completely ruining an instrument but that's why i didn't mind working on my own guitars first to troubleshoot well and that can come
0: with like what materials you're using for cleaning it as well making sure you're not using anything that's going to like ruin the finishes and stuff like that but um no, that's interesting. I guess part of that's just having good taste then, right? Where you're yeah. able to like learn and adjust based off of what you think it's supposed to feel like and you know that also is like within a window because you want a guitar to be intonated, and there's certain ways where you know if your setup sucks and the guitar is not intonated well, yeah, it's all like you know kind of lives together in the same dirty pool uh, right. <laughs> but you know you've always i remember when you started coming and working with us and like seeing the difference that you were able to have with, uh, you know, my low tunings and setting up the bass and having it be consistent and having the feel for it. It was really a pleasure and still is obviously, hence why we all still do this together. It must be a little more, you know, fun to work on something like a four year strong where the tunings probably aren't quite as low and you get to, uh, Actually, have something that sonically, acoustically, probably sounds a little more ear pleasing.
3: Yeah, they have a uh, they have their quirks. They they play a uh,
0: balaguer's right
3: mm-hmm. two. Well, Dan plays a balaguer. I think um, Alan is going to get one, but right now he's playing a Reverent. Oh, then, cool! Yeah, and then the bass player is rocking the. Fender Jazz, the same one he's had for a while now, but uh, nice. yeah, they play in a drop, I never know what to call it, I think it's D standard or C standard, it's DGC FAD, so it's a little bit higher, but it's not standard tuning, uh, Yeah, and, and they go 60 to, 60 to 11, so it's a little thicker,
0: but, yeah, um, no, that
3: sounds nice. That's what I was going to say at the end of what the last thing, where I, I did take all that time over the years to fine-tune what I thought felt good and like what a quote-unquote proper setup is supposed to be. But as we all know in this day and age, there's not really any rules to anything anymore. Yeah. So there are people that want stuff to play and feel really differently. For example, Dan, the bass player of uh, Between the Buried and Me, I worked for them. On the John tour a few years back, you could put your entire hand horizontally underneath his strings because the action is so high, and that's how he likes it. He likes the neck being super curved, action super high. He likes the the, the feel of pushing down super far on the string like that, and that was a huge learning curve for me. You're kidding? It's like, no, it's like because he plays want, with his
0: fingers too.
3: Yeah, most people want you know no between the strings and the fretboard essentially and this was, was he still not- playing
0: so. um specters at the time as well yeah yeah man so that's it's crazy my,
3: my whole life is a combination of trying to do what i've learned but curate it to the specific players and stuff yeah,
0: yeah. which you always have been very willing to like listen and work on stuff as we've You know, kind of like grown together and like tried to figure out new things and like, you know, because I think every, you know, tour, um, you know, and as we write new music and everyone's always trying to get better and make things tighter and make the show better and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, is a big part of, you know, having you with us where... I remember the first time I went from having you to not having you and Trey helped for those couple shows and I cracked. I was like, I was, I had a hard time, but it's a privilege thing. And I had to like really check myself with that shit where like, you know, I think back to the times where, you know, friends of mine would have texts or stuff like that and be like, dude, I'm never going to fucking do that shit. I love tuning my guitar and like restring my guitars. I'm like, it's my vibe time. I put my headphones in and I chill out and blah, blah, blah. And it is therapeutic and great. I love to do it, do it at home all the time. But the efficiency of the show has changed so drastically, um, by having someone like yourself around that, um, is capable of taking care of everything. So outside of becoming a guitar tech, just in terms of restringing guitars, intonating, changing them up, being able to swap pickups, being able to fix the aspects of it, you know, all that kind of shit, electronics, the whole nine. Yeah. When it came to the, um, you know, electronic aspect, midis, like learning tube amps, all that kind of stuff, you know, because it seems like you're pretty handy with all things. Did you find yourself also doing the same where you wanted to expand and learn with stuff like that? Did you experiment with like tubing, rebiasing amps and stuff like that? Um, or did you not like need to get that far because everything's so goddamn digital these days, which I'm not saying negatively. Yeah. I, I love having a Kemper and it makes my life very simple yeah yeah no I, funny enough uh since
3: i've i have a little fifty-one fifty-three tube amp nice I, i've had it for five years now and that's my first and only tube amp previous to that i was using you know good old classic line six stuff fuck yeah um so i've never had to change the tubes on that so that was kind of a constant fear on this last tour was I don't know how to change tubes, so hopefully one of these heads doesn't blow.
0: Um, four years no, strong uses real amps, like real people. Oh yeah. We had
3: uh Alan had a Soldano and Dan had a Rev head. And they're nice. massive dude. Massive. But
0: they super heavy. Are you jacked up now?
3: I'm I was my forearms and my thighs were sore for probably three days after I got home. But, um, yeah, so, uh, other than like the change in the tube aspect of it, a lot of things, I, I don't like to, you know, limit myself to learning new things. I'm always down to learn new stuff. And, uh, I think my parents were a huge part of that, they, when I was younger, they never really told me no, when it came to tinkering around and figuring out how things work and my brother had a drum set in the basement and so i would go down there and play the drums and like figure out how those worked out and i played drum set and jazz band for two years in high school and so i really oh. and i was in drumline, right yeah now that we're saying this i'm remembering my entire life um <laughs>
2: there we go that's the for... whole
0: point of the fucking thing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, it's like yeah because i remember you saying you were in drumline and everything too yeah I, I was in drumline for four years i think three of them were indoor and four years strong
3: yes <laughs> and uh also outdoor but anyway long story short the i i was never told no when it came to figuring out how things worked and i'm a very uh I don't know. My friends all call me the most blue collar person they've ever known because I'm just so mechanical when it comes to things like that.
0: And uh, Well, you are, you're the person everyone goes to, to like, Hey, how do I fix this? How do I do this? How do like, and you're reliable in that sense. And I think that it's beyond the fact that you know how to do it. You have a very calming demeanor that makes everyone feel more comfortable And it has, like, a really strong impact, I think, on the group of people, which is why you find, for instance, an entire tour giving themselves a John Day and dressing like you and (laughs) doing shit like that because I think everyone around is able to, like – take a moment and be like, yeah, there's definitely been like a tour or a moment on this tour where I've asked John to help me with something or to ask him a question or see how he, what he thinks about something. So, you know, it's part tastemaker, but you're a tastemaker because you're so eager to learn and capable of doing so. And a lot of that just comes from extremely hard work ethic where what people don't think about beyond John's job as a guitar tech, you know, him and Brian primarily are just in charge of everything. They're in charge of everything from all of our gear, knowing every little item that goes in, goes out, make sure it's put in the same place every day. And, you know, nothing breaks if it is broken, how do we fix it? Because in general, you know, the artist is going to perform. And they're not necessarily thinking about all of these things all the time. So he has, along with Brian and, you know, whoever is doing merch on the tour, um, whether it be Mikey or Carlos or Trev, they have the longest fucking days at anybody. It's a fucking 12 hour day every day for the whole fucking run. And then you wonder why, like, you know, those people, they just need on the days off, you guys really deserve and need a break. Because the musician, if that be the case, where you guys are loading in, loading out, taking care of everything, musician is working for an hour or two with checks and everything, maybe a VIP, stuff like that. So... It, you take on so much responsibility that allows that person an ability to. I definitely enjoy tour more now. Um, not like I always loved it. I'm not saying I've never loved tour. I've always loved tour. But having you out with me allows me to like really live like a, a much more pleasing existence as i get older like i have more time to call my wife three times a day and like actually keep my relationship with her and like all that kind of stuff it feeds into everyone's life in such a positive way and i you know it's interesting i think stuff like that gets overlooked where you know times when i mentioned brian i just like at this point at the point i'm like yeah he's just the keeper of my life he just like takes care of everything like you know is basically like you know brian takes bullets for the band to just like make sure the band is satisfied and happy but you know it's because he can cuz he's like strong and he's calm and he's smart and he's capable so How long it's you a bad, really I, guess. I met up
3: with him the other day in arizona and i think we talked about it but i totally forgot
0: i want to say 6 years but i think <laughs> it's maybe 5 Ever since we did the Word Alive tour, so let me see if I can Google it real quick, because I don't have that poster up in my room, which I wish I did.
3: Um, Yeah, I think both Brian and I, uh, not to toot our own horns, but we enjoy pleasing people and seeing people do well. You know, you can't. It's very hard to do my job if you're only thinking about your own self gain. Like that's not what I'm here for. Here yeah. for. The bands that have the best show ever and if they don't have the best show ever then I could be out of a job. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny though because it's like well one uh Brian has been with us since 2016, around February March 2016, which is crazy. But um yeah, yeah it's just funny cuz now even like the stuff that did stress me out back in the day like I remember we were playing the Wooster show and uh my bass went flying. Sorry, <laughs> oh, <you're> talking <laughs> about just, the metalcore mania show. Yeah, the the you know, greatest day with us Polaris, Alpha <laughs> Wolf, everybody and their mom. It was amazing. But I'm playing, I'm so excited and of course this show of all shows cuz has only happened like 3 times, I think. Bass goes flying across the fucking stage. And uh I was just like,
2: yeah,
0: where's John? There's John. And I just smiled and walked it over to you. And I was just like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Everything will be fine. Like, because yeah. it just wasn't the time to stress. And I think that that's the perk of it. So it's cool, too, getting back to uh, off of this uh, lovely but uh, long tangent. Yeah you've been able to amass this knowledge over the years by just like putting your hands in, figuring it out, using three sources like people, but also YouTube, which is fantastic. And a lot of people these days, I think when it comes to getting on the road and being able to work with bands and find themselves into something that does end up being a career and like, is, you know, long lasting because to be frank, teching is like forever. Like a band can come and go, but if you're great working with artists, you will right. continue to get jobs. It's just a fact tour managers, front of house, photo, merch, all of it. Like you'll keep getting jobs. You don't have to work for the same band for your whole career, right. but I hope you do. John, please never leave me. But, um, it's such an interesting thing to have to, uh, like put all of that shit together, um, and have to, like, find the best way to, like, necessarily navigate it. So at the time, like, you were definitely a fan of metalcore. You like making this kind of music and stuff like that. So I'm sure, like, touring with Icy Stars was like, fuck, I get to go out and dance, have a dance tour and, like, be with this band. That's fucking sick. I'm glad. Yeah. Cool. Like, um, First one, and we don't have to get like too into details. Did you eat it pretty hard financially on the first one? Did you not take a lot of money and stuff like that to like just get on the road and do it?
3: Oh yeah, the uh, since Brent, he's the guitar player. He's the one that lives with me. Um, yeah. The first time I went out, I got two fifty a week, and the joke is, next time I work with them, it's going to be two fifty one. Whenever we, <laughs> whenever we joke about it's like hey see you next week for 251 but uh did you
0: only ever tech for them the one time
3: yeah because a combination of uh then i got hooked up with the intervals contortionist thing and they haven't really done yeah they don't tour too much yeah
0: put out a new album hey i see stars if you're fucking listening which you might, I don't know if you will. Probably not. Maybe. Brent put out some new music. See, state, state of the scene. They bitch about it all the mm-hmm. time in a nice. I don't mean bitch in a negative way because they rock. They're great. I love that Twitter love page. Yeah, they're yeah. hilarious. They're also a podcast. They're like my oh, gotcha. favorite scene podcast because they are actually interested in smaller I, artists. Like mm-hmm. they play shit that I've never heard of on their show all the time and I think that's awesome um, because I'm a music elitist and I think I've heard of every band ever and uh, they constantly teach me that I (laughs) haven't What is up, Mother Tuckers? Do you want to work with your favorite artist looking for that epic feature so everyone will know how badass your band is? Go check out FeaturedX.com. We have an insane selection of singers, screamers, guitarists, bassists, drummers, graphic designers, and much more. Do you want Ryan Kirby to sing or scream all over your song? Maybe you want Austin Archie from Lorna Shore to go on your track. Well, guess what, motherfucker? They can. Go now to FeaturedX.com. This week's mid-roll mosh. odium by our vices our vices is john's band from michigan they're metalcore as fuck lucas has a really great voice and i love that scream kind of reminds me of early ollie sykes on the low end it's fucking sick just classic metalcore super easy to love courses remind me a bit of motionless they recorded this song with lee from hollow front so you know it's going to sound fucking great not only can john fix everything ever in the whole world but he writes some incredible riffs let's go odium i Massive icy stars fans, and they just want more music. Plus, wasn't Treehouse the last one? Yeah, that record fucks. It fucks hard. Give me, but that's enough. I'll have. I'll bask him if he'll be on the show sometime, so I can bitch at him myself. Yeah, that'll be better. Um, that would be fun. So, Brent, also, if you're listening, I need one of icy stars. If you fucking, if you fucking listen to this, I want to. I want to have you on my show. that'd be pretty cool it'd be fun um enough of that band though so yeah as you've gone have pardon what were you gonna say
3: i was just gonna say yeah the first one i did was definitely uh lower financially and i consciously didn't really think about it like i i had an apartment with my girlfriend at the time and i was mostly making the bills but uh you know, I was so caught up in this is awesome that it didn't really bother me that much. She was more so the one that was worried about it. But regardless, it's, you know, when you do start off and things like that, it's hard to explain to others in your life that I see a trajectory and I can get somewhere where this is a livable job, which we're only four years later now and I'm there, so... Yeah. Everyone's got to take the chances at the beginning. And a lot of times it makes you into a better worker because you're like, you know, I I worked my way up from the bottom of it. I would say so.
0: Yeah. I think that was the benefit, like in thinking of my own, going off of what you said, where, you know, when I first tried out for Fit, I got the call from jared finally after talk for talking for three and a half months i'm in the bathroom at the fucking restaurant i'm like cool i'm out of here got like two days pack up all my shit get out of there fly to texas learn the songs for a week do the tour for like two weeks this is like you know three three and a half weeks of my life i'm just like give up quit my job moved out of my apartment everything got paid 500 bucks Yep. did all that for 500 bucks but it wasn't about the money. No. Cuz all of us were poor. Right. We were all figuring it out. And I'm sure those guys made more money at the time. They were just figuring it out. Actually, you know what? I bet you they didn't to be honest. Um <laughs> But uh, you know, like they always, I will say because of when I got involved in the band, it was always, an, you know, an equal treatment because we were all in the shit. We were getting like $150 a day to play, you know, right. something tiny. And, like, sure, we had, you know, they put out Creation Destruction, the best fucking Fit for a King record ever. Oh, my God, it's so fucking good. It is really good. Shut the fuck up, though. You're an idiot. This new one's way better. And Dark Skies is definitely better than Creation Destruction as well. But I'm not here yes. to tell you that but I am not you, John, everyone else that's listening where they say those comments. Yeah. It's like one out of every 2 billion anyway. So fuck like, yeah, like 2 billion people have heard of our band. I wish, imagine that. Wow. Yeah. Then we'd have fucking money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? We'd be fucking, we'd be doing cool shit. Maybe we'd be on that, like falling in reverse private jet life. Cause that's some cool shit. When you see a band that gets to private jets, I'm like, wow. Maybe, maybe someday I doubt it, but maybe we'll try. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So I think that's a good lesson for everybody to take into account is a lot of this stuff, you know, not everybody is going to be able to like, you know, have a friend who intros you to IC stars or has, a, you know, your friends with, you know, currents cause you've known someone in their band for a long time or whatever. But There is a chance, and part of it that does come also with is asking, and maybe you do have a friend, the person listening, that does know someone that's in a band, and you would like to take a shot. You're not interested in the money. You want to get on the road. You want to prove, hey, I like it out here to yourself, and prove to the people that you want to work for, hey, I'm good at this fucking job. And other people will hear that and hear of it, which going from something like I See Stars to doing intervals in the contortionist what the fuck like that's just difficulty to the max like that's going from like okay i had a lot to do now i have like an insane amount of workload um but yeah. after you did that band where'd you go from there after doing like intervals you stayed with Aaron. you're still with Aaron. you still tour with Aaron as much <clears throat> as you can um, yeah so um the first one
3: obviously i got through my friend conrad And then I honestly didn't know after my first tour, if I was going to do one again, because these guys weren't really doing much. And even though I did talk with the guys in dance, Gavin dance and era and such DGD already had a full crew Era didn't have enough money to pay somebody. So I was kind of like, I don't, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to do this again. And then I had a sound guy. I don't know if you know, Andrew Demercurio, he works, uh Detroit I don't. venues. He's got a big beard. Anyway, he I might actually yeah, yeah.
0: I think I know what you're talking about, yeah.
3: He's he's a production manager at the Crow yeah. now. But um he was the one who texted me and was like, hey, there's a there's a tour contortionist in intervals. It happens in a week and a half and they both need a tech. Do you want to do it? And I was just like, Sure, why not? So got on that one and Obviously, as we talked about the the workload was insane, and um, to my benefit, that really uh, impressed Aaron, and that's when he was like, "Wow, I got to keep this guy going." So I did the contortionist intervals one, and then I believe the next one was Velamaya intervals, but I was only working for intervals again. That's nice, and then chan bt bam intervals i can't remember how that conversation came up to double up because i was working for bt bam and intervals on that one um but yeah other than you guys uh aaron is definitely who i've worked for the most um oh yeah and then i got the four-year strong gig in february of 2020 and we know how And that's from
0: the same management and stuff like that, because intervals and four year strong are managed by the same person. Yeah. Um, Which also goes back to work ethic. People saying, Hey, I really enjoy this person. And they hear that consistently. So when a different band (coughs) does ask management can very easily go, well, I have a guy. Right. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Rich, Rich who works for both of them is
3: definitely very fond of me. And he tries to, Give me as much work as it can.
0: Badass dude and uh super sick manager. Um yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Um so I guess when it came to um you know, like going and and uh, being on the road back and forth like with all of these different bands like you are now, is it tough to balance the work home life a little bit? Where do you end up finding yourself just on the road all the time?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll definitely say uh, it has been more difficult than ever before because I am gone so frequently. Um, And on top of that, I have a girlfriend who is in Chicago. So I'm balancing a long distance relationship and touring yeah, yeah, and wanting to be home. Yeah, yeah, so yeah it's, you uh, do. Yeah <laughs> you do. It's uh, every time I come home, I kind of have the first couple of days of just like, what is going on? I, I don't know how to function. You know, not having a strict daily schedule, and I try to relax, but then I get bored and I want to work on something. So yeah, it's definitely a. I think I'm still figuring it out. I don't know if you can ever truly get it figured out, but uh,
0: yeah, it's uh. Well, I think, like you said, for four years, it's changed a lot between, you know, when you started to, like, I know where... I mean, I'll, you know, our relationship and in terms of, like, our work relationship has changed a lot since you started working just for our band, let alone, you know, all of it in general, so... Um, and, and only, you know, what I would hope, at least on our aspect is only positive ways. And, you know, I think it's just as people continue to acknowledge how much, uh, they need you, Right. it's like one of those things where it's gotta be, you know, feel good in some ways to like have a demand on you, which is also very cool. Um. So you can say now uh, on the podcast, out of like us intervals, fucking four-year strong shit. Who's your favorite band, bro? Like, tell me, like honestly. I know it's fit for the kings because, like, you know we have the Lord on our side, and that's why you would say that. Because if you don't, you're gonna go to hell in a handcart. Yeah, I'm just kidding, John. It's fine. Um, no, I, I was. What were you saying?
3: I was gonna say I've I've said this to a lot of people. I. Thoroughly enjoy working for both you guys and intervals a lot. And even though on the outside, to people who don't listen in this realm, I truly think it is two different jobs. Like I feel like a, a fine tuned luthier when I work for Aaron and with you guys, I am, you know, specializing in the guitars and making it happen there, but it's also a bit of chaos control. Because yeah. <laughs> especially my my girlfriend when I brought her to that Chicago show or the Juliet one, she she pointed out how it's just like stuff is happening nonstop and then you go and jump to the other side of the room. It's like I can't be in two places at one time, but you gotta keep a level head the whole time and I I enjoy aspects of both of them, you know, similarly. Yeah. Um
0: no, I can see yeah. how they're totally polar opposite. And I'm sorry, yeah. I'm such a fucking dumbass all the time. But it's uh, fun. They, they make them um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was really nice having your girlfriend at the show and like getting to meet her and have her hang out with us. It was super cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess when I think about four year two, just because I've seen them multiple times from the fans' perspective, where I've like paid money to go watch that band. Right. Just. I, you know, watching Andy and Dan be able to just sing and riff the way they do, it's crazy, man. It's got to be so much fun listening to those songs and stuff where, like, I have some really, really fond memories with that band. And they continue to make really tremendously great records. Like that one they made with Putney, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. The most recent one, Brain Pain. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Really they're, brought the riff too, yeah they're super
3: super talented guys even when they're screwing around they can pull it out nowhere you know
0: oh yeah, absolutely um so if you were to recommend to someone that's listening, hey, you would like to tech for a band, work with a band to be able to be on the road. what's your first you know kinda piece of advice for them I guess would it be one you know if you obviously like if you're a person who plays guitar you want to be a guitar tech you have to have a guitar around and have something to work on when you say like go to YouTube start researching and trying to you know find tutorials on how to clean things up where like you know when you brought up truss rods for instance It can really vary depending on the instrument. Say you have a music man and the truss rod is at the the base of the neck, more nearest to the neck pickup versus a Fender jazz where you have to remove the top part and be able to get into the top of the neck in order to reverse it. And they both move in different directions. Yeah that's one thing that you would want to be able to know. And a lot of people, if they didn't go and like watch videos or like research different instruments, they would not necessarily know that off the top of their head. Um, right. So yeah. What, what's kind of your advice to someone that's young and trying to get their hands dirty and figure this out?
3: Um, I think, uh, you know, everyone learns a little bit differently, but um, for those types of things, definitely watching a YouTube video here and there, trying it out on your own stuff at home is a good tool. But I think where I, I'm not saying this is the key for everyone, but where I really excelled and uh, grew my knowledge quickly was, I was lucky enough to be working in a music venue, but even if you're not employed by a music venue, you can go to shows and pay attention to how, those other people working are doing their job because this is a very, like this whole industry, even though there's managers and there's label heads and whatever, it's super just free for all, you know, there's no school to go to. There's no, you know, tutorial classes and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think just, uh, figuring out who in your scene or that you like to listen to, has people that do well and you can see that they do well and learn from them as much as possible. Just observing. Um,
0: no, I think I, that's great advice, man, because definitely in terms of getting yourself out there, there, like you said, there is no school for this. There are, there, there is one technically it's called full Sail. It's in Florida. And uh, yeah, I, almost <laughs> want I have. Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of friends who have gone there and it, it's, I think it's uh, good for learning, Um, a chunk of information on a lot of stuff in a short period of time where you learn like 50% of a whole bunch of things rather than learning like 110% of one thing. And that's, I have not been there. I also, uh, am not, um, yeah, I'm not really like into fucking school. So (laughs) I'm not necessarily the guy to ask. Um, but like, for instance, one of the members of Offroad minivan did go to full sale as well. And uh, so uh, being able to ask him some questions and stuff like that, I was able to, you know, talk to some other people regardless. It's an interesting thing. Interesting school. Um, but yeah, you, I feel like we're able to learn so much more so quickly just by getting out there and being on the road. Um,
2: And I've had people
0: at home actually
3: uh, ask me via like Instagram and stuff. How I've had a few guys now ask me how I got into it. And it's hard because I don't really have, you know, just the magic answer of how to do it. It's like, you got to know people. You also got to hone your craft. You got to be able to take a lot of shit sometimes and, they don't, they don't teach you in YouTube videos, you know, when your drummer is 15 minutes late to the set cause he got too drunk, what you're supposed to do about it kind of stuff. So yeah, a lot of that is just getting thrown to the fire and learning as you go.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, I had made a post on Facebook, which I think I'm just going to like never do again because Jesus Christ, the negativity on that place is crazy. But, um, You know, someone had made a post about needing techs. I had, like, reshared it and made a thing stuff. And it was just saying how, like, in the industry right now, we need front of house, lights, guitar techs, drivers, merch people, media people, all of it. And, you know, someone was just going on this rant about how, like, well I always like try to get a job going out on the road with bands and it never works out and this has gone negatively for me. Blah 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 blah. blah. Fucking pussy, stop. It's not gonna yeah. fix anything. I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. It's annoying. You now know like we're, they, we're yeah, not, not, not everything at first isn't gonna work out, you know, like my fucking You know, first 10 years of playing in bands was not the best. I had a great time, sold a billion tickets, played for a whole bunch of bands I love, learned a lot. Didn't get me that far in terms of like those bands making it but it got me really far in terms of the experience i gained that it later helped me to be able to try out for a band called fit for a king and then like you know join that band you know what i mean like and and have the means to be able to like like you stated like observed people enough to be able to put myself in this situation and and you know coexist which is such a, a key part of all this kind of stuff which i think when you know, the situation, for instance, in which you started working for us, um, it was a like you were going to be on the wagon and everything with us, and we hardly even knew you. We only had, like, heard things about you through, like, Brian and, um, you know, a couple people and stuff like that. But your ability to very quickly, like, mend yourself into our little weird-ass fucking family we got. Um, yeah was pretty incredible and uh i think that that is you know such a, a key part of it as well but i just hope that like more people when they hear stuff like this are encouraged to like take a shot on themselves which is essentially when you get back to that first run with see stars yeah you fucking ate it a little bit and like and nothing on them that's just like part of the game like you take a shot on somebody they take a shot on you the whole thing you know It either works or it doesn't. When you've got no resume, you can't exactly ask for a lot. Exactly. And, you know, say you don't feel like going to, you know, university to learn this stuff or go to full sale. Well, if you did go to full sale, you're going to spend like $80,000, if not more, I think, to do that, like two and a half year program. So, like, how about you just go on tour for a while and eat shit? Yeah. You just don't make anything or make very little, you make enough to like eat food and to like get by and to like be on the road with people, but you don't make a lot of money. But you took a shot on yourself. And that's how shit starts. If you go to like basically any story of like any band or person where they're like, hi, I'm the biggest rock star on the fucking planet. Well, how'd you get there? Well, actually the whole fucking road was paved with gold and fucking roses. And I actually like every stop of the corner, I had the most amazing Vixen on the planet that gave me perfect sex. And though it was all amazing. And my life is epic and blah, blah, that's not the fucking case. It's just never been it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to go through trials and tribulations and like earn your stripes and figure this shit out in order to really appreciate and have it work out. And In the, in the, in the opposite, when things do happen on, on a flash and things go really quickly and really, really well for people, a lot of times people don't know how to handle that either. It blows yeah. up in their fucking face because they're just like, "I have no idea what's going on. How did I get thrust into the situation um, but you over your like four year period of time, not only did you start chill, but it seems like it's been able to like just work out for you where like consistently, you know, everyone's enjoyed to work with you and be around you, and that's pretty awesome. and um, hopefully you just come out and play some shows as well. Uh, are you going to play any while you're home at this time? with the um, band? Or are you putting out any music or working on any music or what's the deal with that aspect of yourself? Uh, we played one last month in
3: July. Um, it went pretty well as a little headlining show. Sick. Um, but we are, we're actually, we have a writing session this Saturday writing session slash band meeting because we're all not as far away as you guys, obviously, but, for a band that doesn't do a ton of stuff, having hour and forty five minute um, space between the bands yeah. makes it a little more difficult. So anyway, oh for sure, we're we're, uh, yeah. we're figuring out how to move on to the next stuff. We have some music that's still unreleased. We just want to figure out how we want to release it, um, and. Our vocalist just got married last Friday, so he's busy.
0: Hey, and, yeah. congratulations, guy. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Lucas. Congratulations, Lucas. I hope you had a good time getting fucking married. Was it fun for you? Did you honeymoon? Um, that's pretty cool. Getting married is tight. Yeah. I'm married. I have a wife. She's very nice. I, I like her. I love her. She's kind and loving and hot. Um yes. Yes. I am a I'm I'm a dirty man for her. Um that's pretty cool, man. Well, I'm glad you got to play a show and rip one. I mean, you play like half of God of Fire every day. That's pretty cool. Um which is fun for me. I really enjoy the surfing. I yeah, we are yeah. I'm excited for I Prevail. I feel like it's gonna be really hard to not be a total fucking dumbass and break myself, which I'm finally not uh, in pain anymore. So that's good. My back I think is fixed. Oh, finally, yeah, like a few that. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, up, it was fucked up for like a long time. I, uh, I started working out again couple weeks ago because it finally feels like i would go to work out and i'd start doing back stuff and i'd feel a little well not pain but just like a noticeable difference in that area where i got hurt and i was like i don't know if it's time yet and now i've been like good about it i'm not being like a total crazy beefcake i mean i am a total beefcake i mean gosh obviously but um Nah, I'm just trying not to hurt myself again. Cause that fucking sucked. Yeah. I'm never doing that again. I'm still going to like jump on people all the time, but only like when I know they can see me. Right. Cause that was terrible. That's that a lot crazy. of Grand Rapids. Yeah, for real. But that's what I get for being a fucking idiot, man. You know, you get too excited. You get a back massage. You suck down an IV bag with fucking vitamins. You think you're, you know, bulletproof at that point. And right. uh, you wreck yourself. That's what I did. But um, that guitar that's up on the wall is that a Les Paul? Uh, this one. Yeah. That's a X Tone. It's like oh, a- sick. So yeah, it's kind of like a Les Paul. It's the LTD yeah. Les Paul. It's got a Bigsby on it and Sprints. Dude, that's sick. Yeah, that's the. Is that that's not the Weinman one, right? That's pre Weinman. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Do you ever listen to Dillinger Escape Plan? No. Oh, okay. Band is fucking ridiculously good. Mm. Most like ah, they used to just beat the piss out of each other live. It was beautiful. Loved it. Um, well, thanks for giving some advice to the people. I really do think that there's a lot more people out there who, um are like in this interim period of like, well, I want to get on the road and it would be really good for them socially and to be able to network and to find themselves the opportunity to like, you know, better themselves in general and to learn how to be on the road, but haven't found this opportunity to take on themselves necessarily yet. But, you know, there are a lot of bands where when you think about Fit for a King on Creation Destruction or Slave to Nothing or, you know, I see stars even on, you know, Treehouse and stuff like that, which is a pretty like large successful record. Yeah. Take a shot on yourself. Go ask people if you can just fucking try. Cause it doesn't matter if to you as a fan you think they're the biggest thing on the planet. You think that I that I see stars, Treehouse, like time, you're like, wow, this is a crazy thing. I could never talk to Devin Oliver. Yeah, like, I I genuinely understand that. Like, that yeah. would make you nervous. I might be nervous to talk to him today. Right. But you still have to do it. And you have to try, or you ask Brent, or it doesn't matter who it is, but you find a way to get yourself involved with an artist and to just say, hey, I think I'm really good at this, and I would like to try doing it for you. I'm not worried about the cash. Yeah. Let me get on the road. You'd be surprised how four years later your your life is different. So it's a pretty awesome story for people to get to hear, to be able to find themselves as like, you know, if they do have a skill and they want to pursue it, fucking do it. Stop being such a pussy piece of shit. Fucking try no. you little bitch ass motherfucker. I you feel like I've been was? really negative to people lately on the show. I, I don't mean <laughs> it. It's fu- it's supposed to be fun. I think it's fun. I'm having fun. Are you having fun, John? Yes. Okay. It's just motivation with profanities, you know? Absolutely. Plus, we found out today we get to go to Europe together. Oh, yeah. We're going to fucking go eat crepes and shit and smoke pot in Amsterdam and fucking have fun. Yeah. It's going to be great. I can't wait I can't tell you guys what we're doing yet but it's going to be a good one Mad Breakdowns bro Lots of big choruses Mad Breakdowns Very metalcore Extremely metalcore Great lineup People are going to love it We're coming to Europe bitches Can't wait to show you But um Dude uh, Our vices everywhere On the internet People can listen to your band Yeah. Yeah um new music coming soon or anything uh, huh? hopefully before the end of the year okay that would be nice um touring coming up just you're with me for like a while we got yep. are you doing any uh we got the hyperville pierce the veil thing and then we got other stuff we can't really talk about i'm doing we uh
3: The three intervals make updates leading into it. And
0: then I don't have anything in December, which is pretty normal. Yeah, we don't either. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then January, we're going to go do that thing. Yeah. And then after that, we don't know. But guess what's going to happen? Maybe some house shows. (laughs) As soon as I find out what I'm doing, guess Uh who I'm calling? My fucking guy, John. I'm saying, John, do you want to come do this thing with me? And then uh, hopefully you'll say yes, but you'll be like, I want double. You'll be like, all right, dude. John, actually, yeah. fun fact, John gets paid more than uh, the band. I'm just kidding. Now imagine that, though, because you are the hottest person. So really, like, we should, there should be a premium. Um, right. A bonus. That would be pretty good. Why not? A hot, hot guy bonus. Um when I saw that you were hanging out with uh, a Void oh dude I was like what the fuck is he on the road with them which I was just jealous but yeah. I guess you weren't they just you just bumped into them but that must have been nice I'm stoked for them and that plot and you Silent Planet tour but again very jealous that they get to hang out with Silent Planet again yeah like yeah, I feel I'll like i actually be home for that
3: one in Detroit so I can go and hang out with them here
0: yeah, I just wonder if they're even gonna like consider us like friends anymore. Just to be like, no, we're like really good friends with Silent Point, and now like we don't really know you guys anymore. Yeah, and they me might. Last night. I texted him yesterday. Nice. What did he text you? Should we talk about him right here? Sure. I had, uh, what did I, I had texted him. Oh, you know what? Speaking of, I had texted him congratulations on the record on the record. And, uh, first he had texted me, he found some film. It's a little, yes. uh, picture of me and Alex playing can jam. Yeah. That's why we got and, talking because he sent me the, the little gift thing that he made of me. Yeah. He made a little one of me too. Me and Alex playing can jam. Isn't that beautiful? What a guy. A kid oh, yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, he's a working motherfucker. Love him. He's great. That whole band is great. Avoid rocks. Go listen to Avoid if you're not a fucking idiot. Even if you are an idiot, go listen to them. You make me. You might even be a bigger idiot after you listen to him if you're already fucking dumbass, stupid fuck. Not you, John. I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm so <laughs> mean. I'm just being a big miserable. Old jerk. There? the weather uh it is a little gloomy today speaking of which new gloom in the corner song from heaven to hell out now it's on youtube on the sharp tone records fucking youtube channel go and watch it um yeah it is a little gloomy today but i uh begin the last 10 days of recording the off-road minivan record tomorrow and i'm very excited actually i've just been really busy I've been working a lot, and I think my brain is exploding. Um, but for good reason, it's right. exciting. Releasing new music is fun, so I, lo-
3: I like the songs you had
0: so far. Thank you, sir. And uh, seems like everyone is enjoying the new fit stuff, so I am happy with that as well. Which, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast, and for some reason you haven't heard the song "End the Other Side" yet, do it. Stupid.
3: But some Dan screams specifically. It's great.
2: <laughs> where were you? What I needed you. Where were you? What I needed
0: you. Are we playing that one? Uh, we are playing that one. Uh, are you, you mean for the fallen dreams? Are we playing for the fallen dreams on tour? Yes. Oh, that's why you were screaming. Yeah. After that, that first I was singing Dan's part, but we are playing and the other side, which, uh, yeah, I'm excited. That one's gonna be super fun. I'm going to posse jump while Dan screamos. Cause it's all like that, 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 I love that kind of stuff, you know? My mom said the drums are, are very intense on that song. Mm. And uh, I was like, yes, Mother, they are. The song is great. Huge heater chorus. Big poppin'. Love it. Um, okay, John, before I let you go. Yes. Anything else that you want to share with the people? Uh,
3: you only got one life. Try some stuff out. Break some stuff
0: break shit like Limp Bizkit.
3: yes and uh all i can say is four years ago if i thought i was going to be on a podcast with the basis of a king
2: hey you
0: would, you would have uh you would have blown my mind but here we are hey buddy well you are the most cherished member of our crew even Brian would probably say that because you make his life so much better. Um, but thank you. We are we are very stoked to have you in our lives and very lucky to have you in our lives. So thanks for always kicking so much ass, being such a pleasure to be around. Never been a negative day around you. And uh, that's uh, such, such a joy. So you're the best, John. Thanks for being on the show. And I hope you had a good time getting tucked yes sir thank you you're welcome all right that was the show thank you to john for being my guest on the old podcast here thank you to our vices for letting us rip some tunes i'm very thankful for john and all that he brings into my life in all seriousness um he's helpful he listens and uh you know he actually really cares he's been such a great friend to me and uh Goddamn am I lucky to have him in my life, for real. So, go listen to our vices. We're going to close out the show with another one of their tunes called Fixed. Don't be a stupid bitch. Show some love this week. Go tell somebody that you care about them. We'll see you next week. Come out to these I Prevail shows. They're fucking bonkers. And as always, <laughs>